everyone, and welcome to another Plot Devices mini-sode. Uh, if you guys are listening to this, you probably just heard our top 10 films of 2022, our recap of television, our statement on what the year was. We're done with that. Myself and my co-host Noah Guzman are here talking about the future, aka now, aka time doesn't really matter anymore. 2023 is here, and there's a lot of movies to talk about. Uh, we're excited about a lot, I'm sure you guys are as well. Um, and if you aren't, maybe you'd like to hear about some of the titles that, uh, that you might not know about. We might have a few. There's a lot of sequels and prequels, spoilers. We're going to try our best. I am, of course, Brandon King, joined alongside Noah Guzman. Going to toss over to Noah right now. We're going to right hop into our honorable mentions. Noah, how are you doing? And uh, let's start talking about the, the time that is. Brandon, we are coming hot off of our recording of our top 10 of 2022. It feels beautiful. I can't wait to hear, um, you know, the responses to that and also just to listen back to see how the, our wonderful editor, I forget his name, but our, our hardworking editor is going <laughs> to have to piece together what he can from that episode to deliver something amazing as I he give always him, does. I give him the file. He's in some cave somewhere. <laughs> yeah. He just kind of like sends it back via Raven. <laughs> um, <laughs> honorable mentions for 2023. Here's our most anticipated. Um, honorable mentions. So Brandon and I were having a short discussion around franchise filmmaking um, ahead of today's recording. So you're going to find a lot of sequels on this list. So my honorable mentions include these four titles. I'll start with the franchise films. It's going to be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. This is the third and final installment for the Guardians verse that is coming from James Gunn. We know, of course, of the news that he is now helming uh, alongside others, uh, the DC. EU film front that's supposed to come and they're slating out like maybe the next 10 years of what the DC films can look like. I hope he's heads down busy with that work because he's already wrapped his guardians project. And so for us to get now our final iteration of what Groot of what Groot's age will be. We have so many distinct versions of that character. Uh, who knows what the actual adventure is going to involve. We know we have a different Gamora joining the team, uh, I don't know many details around this, but I know that it's one that I have been looking forward to for a while alongside some other friends. Guardians is very special to me, and I can't wait to see what comes with that. The next one is going to be Shazam! Fury of the Gods. We've got Zachary Levi coming back, and uh, alongside other of uh, the re- returning cast members like Megan Good, who we learned is the uh, like superhero version of the other foster uh, sibling from the family. Big reason why I'm looking forward to this movie is going to be the villains, okay? The antagonizing women behind this picture are going to be the phenomenal Lucy Liu and Helen Mirren returning or not returning. I'm sorry. This will be their first entrance into the Shazam universe. I'll be short winded on the next two titles just to try and get these out there. It's going to be John Wick chapter four. You know, the story of John Wick, they kill his dog. He goes on a kind of killing rampage. He does it again in chapter. He does it again in chapter three and there's consequences for it. So now chapter four is all about what that means for him to kind of be ring and to see what happens when everybody is hunting the man named John Wick, the boogeyman. And then our fourth one is going to be Cocaine Bear. This comes from director Elizabeth Banks and is based on the true events of a bear uh, coming across cocaine in the forest and kind of going on a bender for the next who knows how many hours, whether it's 24 or 48, I'm not really sure. But if you watch that trailer, you'll get the kind of campy vibe that uh, can be expected from this film where a bear just like, yeah, just goes on a rampage. And I hope that it is gory. I hope that it is hilarious. And I hope it's a fun watch. Brandon, what are your honorable mentions for the year ahead? Yeah, so I have a couple more. Um, Mission Impossible uh, Dead Reckoning Part 1, which looks awesome. It's continuing on with the Tom Cruise Chris Picquari version of Mission Impossible. Uh, you guys have probably seen the online behind-the-scenes footage of Tom Cruise doing that amazing railroad motorcycle stunt, and I'm sure that is only the beginning. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson, Simon Pegg, Ving Raves, they're all coming back. Um, I don't think Henry Cavill is, though, so that's a little disappointing, but I think everyone else mostly is. Um, also, honorable mentions, 
can't believe I'm saying this, Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. It looks super fun, and the cast looks eclectic as hell, and it's the guys behind Game Night, and I, I don't know, like, it looks like it's getting the vibe of the D&D campaign really right. It's getting the world just well enough to make it spectacular and everything, but it just looks fun, and I'm excited for it. Um, also, I didn't think I'd be excited for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. You mentioned Guardians of the Galaxy as being a final chapter. This isn't, I don't think, a final chapter, but it certainly as heck feels like it. Uh, we're going to also see Jonathan Majors finally pop up as King the Conqueror, not just the version from Loki, like the actual comic-accurate version. I'm curious to see how they'll handle the family dynamics, because I've always liked that about the Ant-Man movies, so we'll see where that goes. Um, Oppenheimer, Christopher Nolan's next movie, one of a few non-franchise movies on the predictions. Uh, and going toe-to-toe with a movie that I'm sure we're going to be talking about later on, foreshadowing. Um, but again, uh, Killian Murphy, Florence Pugh, Robert Downey Jr., um, who else? Emily Blunt, and of course, all directed by Christopher Nolan and his usual uh, camaraderies. Will he set off an actual nuke? I don't know, but I'm very curious to see what he actually does on screen with it, and I'm sure a lot of people are as well. Uh, two more. I have uh, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, which you mentioned Rachel Zegler. She's going to be a part of that as well. Uh, this is the Hunger Games prequel based on the recent book about uh, President Snow when he was a young man. I said it before. I think literally our first or second episode, I'm like, I don't want sexy President Snow, but I think there is something there in terms of source material that you could do with Francis Lawrence, who is coming back from directing the last couple of movies. He's directing this as well, so I'm curious to see what he can do with that. And last but not least, again, going the surprise factor, uh, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. A book that I never read, that I know a lot of people did, but I saw the first trailer that came out, like I think just this past week. It looks so charming. And like the, the cast looks super fun. It's Rachel McAdams and Kathy Bates. And, and the young girl is actually uh, Abby Lee Forsythe from the Ant-Man movies who plays the young Cassie. She looks super fun. I'm glad she's getting more work. And it's directed by Kelly Fremont Craig, who if any of you saw uh, The Edge of Seventeen with Haley Steinfeld, that was her last movie way back six or seven years ago. I'm so glad she's getting more work. This looks super charming and fun. It's for an audience that I think really deserves to see themselves seen on screen. So my own mentions are Mission Impossible, Dungeons and Dragons, Oppenheimer, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, Battle of Songbirds and Snakes, and Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Some interesting selections there, Brandon, but yeah. in a time where like we, we are expected for sequels, prequels, prequels, all of the quals, I, I gotta say like it's important for us to still pay recognition to those uh, titles that feel completely original. Let's move on to our most anticipated list. I'll go ahead and kick off the list with my number one that I am looking forward to. And that is going to be in the Evil Dead verse. We have Evil Dead Rise. This comes from director Lee Cronin. And it dropped a teaser as well as a trailer recently. I'll go ahead and read to you the brief synopsis that I found on Letterboxd and what it is. Road-weary Beth pays an overdue visit to her older sister, Ellie, who is raising three kids on her own in a cramped L.A. apartment. But the sister's reunion is cut short by the discovery of a mysterious book, we know what the book is, deep in the bowels of Ellie's building, which gives rise to flesh-possessing demons and thrusts the sisters into a primal battle for survival as they're faced with the most nightmarish version of family imaginable. This sounds so good. Even if you just provided to me the cover art, you know, the cover poster for the film, read me the description, gave me that tagline. It's a new take on what this group of haunting can look like. So in the previous Evil Dead iterations, I'm talking the original and the remake, it's about um, a group of friends that go in and it really fits like the stereotypes for what... Uh, even think about like the cabin in the woods, which kind of follows that formula. A group of friends who go to this uh, remote place and begin to be haunted by something that they awaken. Well, now what happens if you place that 
in the inner city of LA and you're now looking at a family, what does that type of emotional connection mean? Uh, I don't know. And so I watched the trailer. It's freaky as hell. It looks like it's going to be one that even disgusts me. And that is saying something. I don't consider myself very squeamish, but yeah, my number one evil dead rise, check out that trailer. It's, it's going to be one that scares, uh, this comes from director Lee Cronin. And while I'm not familiar with his work, it does look like he has his hold in the horror uh, market. So um, I'll probably explore some of his titles ahead of watching this. It's funny because the same strategy that Sam Raimi and his whole team had with the 2013 movie, which was bring on Fede Alvarez, who was kind of killing it in the indie scene and then bringing him on. It's like, you're weird and creepy. I'll use it for the movie. Um, and that movie apparently turned out really well because I know you're a fan. On to my number one, which is... Um, it's funny, fourth wall break, because we made our list in advance, I was really hoping to be like, and for the second year in a row, we both have the same, and we did not, in fact, have the same, but I have it. Uh, it is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, the newest installment of the animated side of the Spider-Man world, of course, the sequel to 2018's uh, Spider-Man is in the Spider-Verse. Most of the main voice cast is coming back for this, uh, Shameik Moore, Haley Steinfeld, uh, Jake Johnson, but a lot of new cast members as well. Uh, Oscar Isaac is coming back in uh, from his pre from his post credit scene role, I should say, as uh, Miguel O'Hara from Spider Man twenty ninety nine. Uh, we have Issa Rae in there. Apparently, there's going to be a lot of other versions of Spider Man in there. But overall, it's that first trailer that just came out, which I freaking love. The first trailer. It's such a great first announcement trailer of yes, bringing forward like the fandom mind response of like we see the the sort of web of spiders and. You know, every different incarnation you could possibly think of, there's that great shot of them all chasing Miles throughout whatever barrier zone they're in. But there's also, like, more importantly, like, the sense of heart about it. There's that speech from Miles's mom about just his great interpretation of, you know, uh, with great power comes great responsibility and her idea of, you know, this is my son. Like, I appreciate everything you are, and I know that you have such goodness in you, and I hope that you use that goodness to help other people. And it goes back to, like, the best and most timely themes of that first Spider-Verse movie that I think really connected with a lot of people, certainly myself on a lot of different levels. And again, like the directors involved, like Joaquin Dos Santos, who worked on a bunch of Avatar stuff, Kent Powers, who directed Soul just a couple of years ago. Um, I'm not familiar with Justin K. Thompson, but I know he's done a lot of, uh, I think, Clone Wars stuff, I think. There's a lot of like really great animation he was behind. And the fact that Sony is giving another go is really encouraging. So across the Spider-Verse, I, I can't freaking wait. On to my number two, we have Greta Gerwig's Barbie, starring Margot hey. Robbie. Ryan Gosling, Simu Liu, Issa Rae. Uh, and looking at the cast list, we also have a casting of Will Ferrell, who's credited as Toy Company CEO. Brandon, did you know Will Ferrell was attached to this? Yes, I did. And I remember hearing about it and going, okay, so it's the Lego movie character, but more fleshed out. And I, I'm totally fine. <laughs> I'm perfectly fine with him taking another stab at that characterization. Uh, but from Greta Gerwig, you're familiar with the uh, director's work in Little Women as well as Lady Bird comes the story of Barbie when she's not perfect enough. She gets kicked out of the Barbie world and has to live out her days or, you know, find her own self in the real world. So what's that going to look like? Is it going to be like Tyra Banks and Life Size? Is it going to be... Um, I don't know what to expect, but, but, you know, we got a great cast. We have a great director. I trust it completely. And it is right there up against Oppenheimer. So we'll see who wins out. On to my number two, uh, Creed 3. This is the third installment of the Creed franchise. Um, this looks great. The trailer came out and it looks super poignant and interesting to Adonis' journey, once again, played by Michael B. Jordan, who makes his directorial debut on this. We're conflating, we're probably going to be conflating our shows once we inevitably cover this. Um, but he's once again back as Donnie. We have to watch him go up against, oh, look, Jonathan Majors in here again. He's going to be amazing this year. He might have a Colin Farrell type of year. Um, but back is, uh, Damien, who is, um, 
who was Adonis's rival in the past, has now come out of jail. Tessa Thompson is back in here. Uh, Wood Harris, I believe, is also back, but notably uh, absent. Uh, Sylvester Stallone. It's the first Rocky movie without Stallone, and a lot of people are curious to see what that can be. Uh, Zach Balin, who wrote King Richard, is coming on to co-write the script. A lot of the creative team is still coming back in this, but I've been a fan of the Creed franchise for a long time. I really like Creed 2 when it came out a couple of years ago, and to see where this character's journey can go, much less isolated from the chains of the Rocky franchise, I think is going to be fascinating to see. And coming from director Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, to see what he can do, which I, I have a lot of faith in him. Number three, you might have not heard about this title before, but you're familiar with the director. If you're not familiar with him, you're familiar with his father. This comes from director Brandon Cronenberg, son of David Cronenberg. Uh, Brandon has previously directed the movie Possessor. Uh, maybe you're familiar, maybe not, like I said. Uh, big titles from his dad are like The Fly. Um, you know, I'll let you do that research yourself. But what's to be expected in Infinity Pool is, for one... Um, familiar cast we got alexander skarsgård uh mia goth and what's going on here is a couple is staying at a island resort and i think like tragedy strikes or something like there's some kind of big event that happens where skarsgård learns his character learns that he has to he has the potential to replicate his death and execution and that just kind of opens up an entire other like worldly bag of horror and terror for the couple that's vacationing there. If you watch the trailer, you might not have a semblance of an idea of what the hell is going on. Cause I know that I didn't, but understanding like the production companies that are attached to this and the director, especially it's going to be body horror. It's going to be freaky. And I, I hope it's one to remember, you know, I, I wasn't as impressed with possessor, which was the filmmaker's last work, but it doesn't mean that it turned me off. I think I, I still have some um, hope for what this picture could be. And with a performer like Skarsgård, who we like kind of uh, rallied behind for the Northman, let's see what he pulls off in this next year. And more of Mia Goth getting to be weird. Hey, Mia Goth, I, I did have expectations. I, I thought, is this directed by T.O.S.? But no, <laughs> let, let's see what Mia Goth in this horror space with Suspiria under her belt as well. I think she's she's taking it. So over to you, Brandon. Uh, this next one I probably should have put as my number two. Instead, I'm putting as my number three. Uh, Dune Part Two. We have no visuals from it. We have no like actual trailer audio from it. It sounds fantastic. Like I, you know, like you know, we went on our 20 plus minute rant about the first Dune movie. We both loved it. We had in our top ten of that year. I cannot wait to see what Denis Villeneuve does with this and the cast as well. Uh, Timothy Chalamet coming back, Rebecca Ferguson, Josh Brolin, Stone Skarsgård, Dave Bautista as well, Zendaya of course. But also some really exciting new additions. Uh, Florence Pugh is going to be in there. Uh, Lea Seydoux is going to be there from the James Bond movies. And uh, Austin Butler, potentially coming off of a Best Actor win uh, by the time that film comes out as a fade, the role made famous by a shirtless Sting in the original 80s movie. Uh, yeah, Dune is a world that I'm absolutely fascinated by. I still haven't gotten around to reading the books, um, but I love the visuals and image and aesthetic and atmosphere that Villeneuve and his team were able to craft with the first movie. Again, maybe this won't be as purely visceral this time around just because we've seen it all before, but I can't wait to see where the journey of Paul Atreides takes us all as audience goers. With the way that the first Dune movie ended, it only opened itself up to a world that is to be explored in Dune Part 2. So I hope they do come up with another title, honestly. How, how comfortable are you with that title? Just just briefly. I'm fine with it because it feels like so much often we get sequels of like this number two, the something of the blank or like a subtitle added. And I'm fine with just being like, no, this is the second Dune. Here you go. 
You know what I'm impressed by? Ant-Man and the Wasp. How they did Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. That's how you do a title, okay? You don't do uh, Birds of Prey, colon, the emancipation of one fantabulous, like whatever they did for Harley Quinn, uh, that's neither here nor there. Thank you, Brandon. Here we go. What? It just makes you worry about how long the fourth Ant-Man title will be. That's a whole thing. <laughs> Evan of the, the Wasp, Quantumania, a quest for, like, you know what I mean? It's yeah, exactly. something insane. Uh, here we go. My number four. So happy to include the musical. Like, if, you, if you're asking me to make a list, to be quintessentially myself, it's going to include a horror title. It's going to include a musical. That's just my family cheering for what I'm about to say. My, you know, thank you so much, crowd. They um, love you. To be quintessentially myself, I'm going to include a horror title in there if I'm making a list, and a musical is going to be on there as well. So for number four, from director Rob Marshall, who has taken on pictures as Into the Woods, Chicago, uh, multiple musicals under his belt, The Little Mermaid, starring Hattie Billy. It is a familiar title. I have no reason to like give you descriptions here, but I'm going to tell you, it is the girl who believes in a world where she uh, believes in a dream where she can end up on the surface world with human legs instead of her mermaid tail uh, once she meets Prince Eric. Uh, I don't believe any plot you know, differences are going to come about, but who knows? Maybe there will be some surprises there. Uh, the big reasons why this is on my most anticipated list is for one, that trailer really showed us a world underwater that um, might not be might not be as flashy as we got in the animated picture, but I remain hopeful for what they can pull off with um, the effects that they have going on. And uh, with a performer like Bailey behind this main character, I'm only dreaming of like what kind of soundtrack that can lend it, that voice, that talent can lend itself to, which I will keep on repeat for the remainder of the year. I have no doubt that she will absolutely nail the part. And I, I just need to see a full trailer because the first teaser didn't really give me much, but I'm with you. I'm very curious to see what someone like Rob Marshall can do with a giant scale musical like this. I need Ursula to like come out of the depths of darkness. Like they need to do s- just something a little bit creepy with her. I also don't love the choice of Melissa McCarthy for Ursula, but that's another conversation. Same uh, should have been Lizzo, but we'll go on. On to my number four. Uh, this might be a bit contentious, but I'm going to include it anyways. Uh, next goal wins. This is the new uh, soccer slash football movie from uh, Taika Waititi. Actually, this is what he was working on uh, back when he was trying to p- uh, plan on Jojo Rabbit and get all the stuff out. Uh, this is based on the story of uh, Thomas Rongen, who was the uh, coach for the American Samoan football team a while back. Basically, tried to get them to the national championships. They were a terrible team, and he kind of re-inspired them in doing all this thing. Michael Fassbender uh, will play Thomas alongside uh, people like Oscar Knightley. Um, Rachel House, who's a freaking collaborator of uh, Waititi. Will Arnett's going to pop up in there. But yeah, Taika Waititi, you know, director who I really, really admire. I I love the sense of humanity he can bring to really wild and outrageous situations. And this sounds like a story that, especially in the era of Ted Lasso, I feel like people are much more willing to accept really bombastic sports movies and stories again. And this seems like something completely out of his wheelhouse. Seems like something he's really, uh, really passionate about. So I'm glad he got to make this. And I'm very curious to see what the tone and what kind of YTD we're getting in this vein. Okay, and now this is going to be my fifth most anticipated for the year to come. And it is another franchise film. Some people feel like this franchise has been done to death, literally. But it is Scream 6. This time we are finally exiting Woodsboro and we are heading toward... 
don't know what that drum roll is for, but it is for NYC, baby. Plot details are kind of ominous on my end because that trailer doesn't reveal too much, but we do know that there are some characters returning uh, with Jim Ortega's Tara Carpenter. We have Melissa Barrera's Sam Carpenter, the two play sisters, uh, both having been haunted in Wordsboro before uh, from one of Carpenter's friends. Spoiler alert. Um, but this film takes them to the dense city of New York, and we can only prepare for the fright that's to come. I think that this is a franchise that, yes, there's six features into it. And I know by the time we reached like the sixth movie of Saw, I was kind of like yawn. Like, I don't know what else to expect from this franchise, but with Scream, maybe it's a guilty pleasure or maybe they're just damn good movies. Okay. So I'm definitely excited for this one. It comes from two directors, uh, partnered, partner directors who have worked together previously it is Matt, uh, Matt Bettinelli, Open, and Tyler Gillett. You'll know some of their titles as VHS, or if you've seen the movie, uh, the 2022 Scream. But more excitingly, they were the pair that was behind Ready or Not, and that was a that was a, such an excellent feature that I um, experienced when it was in theaters. So, a uh, big recommendation of mine if you want to figure out what these directors are capable of. But now tackling the story of Scream 6, uh, our latest installment. Uh, oh, such a beautiful tagline: New York new rules so brandon over to you for your fifth and final most anticipated project for 2023 and we also got that really creative poster with like the subway lines and all the different characters which are for fans was a huge kind of kick in the ass maybe we need an episode of plot device plot device uh something posters like i'm trying pop- popcorn something posters like plot device placing some recognition behind the marketing material that goes into these projects because yeah some of these are they're damn good and that scream one's one of them I'm writing that down as like potential mini-sode material, maybe favorite posters at some point. That could be fun. My last one, again, goes to the idea that this uh, this whole list is most anticipated. It does not mean what I think will be the best movie of next year or will be the worst, just the one that I'm looking forward to seeing next. And that includes the Super Mario Bros. movie. Uh, look, I'm not... I'm not entirely on this movie's side. I don't love that Illumination are the ones who are doing it. I don't love that Nintendo has waited this long to market off their other properties. I certainly don't love that Chris Pratt is the one who gets to play Mario, especially when Charles Martinet is right there and is apparently in the movie, but whatever. Um, there are a lot of things I have against this movie. But the first trailer is really fun, and the second trailer is even more fun, and like the jokes look there, and the animation looks super vibrant, and maybe the top tier right now that, in, that Illumination has ever done for that studio... I like the rest of the cast very much so. Uh, Charlie Day, Seth Rogen, Kiki Michael Key sounds great. Uh, I'm curious to see what Anya Taylor-Joy. Anya Taylor-Joy, which I'm sure what she can do at Peach is going to be great. Um, and again, like, just the world feels like Mario. It doesn't feel like a thing that taking the name and doing something else, it feels like Mario. Have you mentioned Jack Black? Oh, Jack Black, of course. Who sounds Dude, amazing. of course. <laughs> okay, I'm so sorry, Jack, if somehow you're listening to this. Um, but yeah, the movie looks super fun. I'm not completely on its side that it will be great. But in terms of, I won't say breaking the video game curse, because Arcane and other things, you know, I like Tomb Raider. Like, to me, the video game curse has already been pretty cracked, if not broken. But this movie can do a lot to, I think, general audiences who may be a bit hesitant to see those characters and really want to see them being fun. And from the guys who brought you Teen Titans Go to the Movies, that's the directors involved in this, I have a good amount of faith in they can do something with this. So, yeah, consider me interested. All right. Once more, I'm going to do my bottom to top. 2023 most anticipated list it's going to go scream six the little mermaid infinity pool barbie and evil dead rise brandon and my five most anticipated are spider-man across the spider-verse creed three dune part two 
Next Goal Wins, and the Super Mario Bros. movie. Again, all of those movies are coming out at some point during the calendar year. You can get out to see them when you do. And hopefully, please let us know how you do. And you can do so on our social media pages, because that'll do it for the episode. And this is when I get to do all the plugs. Twitter, Instagram, at Plot Devices Pod. TikTok at Plot Devices Podcast. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and RSS feed at Plot Devices. Just search us on there. You'll get all of our episodes, mini-sodes, whatever the heck we're working on over there. And all of our social media posts will be in the description as well. Thank you so much once again for tuning into this fairly accurately linked mini-sode. I think we're probably going to finally keep this under a half an hour like we promised to do originally. Uh, for myself, Brandon King, alongside Noah Guzman, this has been Plot Devices' most anticipated of 2023. And uh, we hope you guys will tune into us sometime this year.